0: Hello, this is Dan Bender, Executive Producer of the Podcast Singles Network. Today I'm excited to present Single Living, a podcast that brings you straight talk on everything that concerns today's singles, including relationships, dating, travel and financial security. Single Living is hosted by Rich Goss, a well-respected expert in the singles industry. He is the author of eight books on dating and has lectured on the subject in over 50 colleges and universities. Rich is frequently interviewed by the news media, including Oprah, CNN, Fox News, and the Wall Street Journal, to name just a few. And now, here's the host of Single Living, Rich Goss.
1: My guest today on Single Living is David Steele, who's the author of the new book, Conscious Dating. Finding the love of your life in today's world. Welcome, David Steele.
0: Thanks, Rich, for having me.
1: Can you tell us why you wrote the book, David?
0: Well, I wrote this book because as a marriage counselor, I was a couples therapist for many, many, many years. I was working with most of my couples were on the verge of divorce and I wanted to save their marriages. And I wasn't able to help a lot of them. You know, my success rate was never more than fifty percent and as I look around at what's uh, happening with other therapists, it's the same thing.
1: Well, I was going to say that's actually a pretty good percentage if you can save half of the marriages that come to you. In fact, the joke is that marriage counselors are really, in reality, divorce counselors.
0: Yeah, but you know, that was absolutely not good enough for me. You know, I, I didn't, I wanted to prevent people from experiencing that kind of pain. And divorce is costly. I experienced it as a kid myself and I wanted to prevent that. I wanted to lower the divorce rate and help people have successful marriages and families. And so I had an epiphany one day that singles become couples. And, but I knew nothing about how, helping singles and, you know, well, how can you help singles find their life partner and live happily ever after? I, I hadn't a clue. So in the book is everything I've learned about, you know, if you're single and you want to find your life partner and live happily ever after, how can you do that? And it's written from the perspective of a relationship professional, because I've worked with relationships for over 25 years, and what I've discovered is that most books for singles are not written by relationship professionals. They're advice books that have a lot of garbage in them. Yes. You know, sorry, sorry to say, but <laughs> but you know, this book is truly, you know, how singles can find their life partner and live happily ever after.
1: And, of course, you have the wealth of experience because I know you're the founder of the Relationship Coaching Institute out in the Silicon Valley in California. And and I think you told me that you had already trained 5,000 relationship coaches around the world.
0: Right. Over 5,000 coaches and therapists, you know, helping professionals have gone through my introductory trainings. And so we have been able to test and develop our coaching concepts for singles over the past eight years. And that's why this book took me eight years to write. I didn't start out wanting to write a book for singles. I started out wanting to coach singles, wanting to help them in my practice, and then started training other professionals in doing what I was doing. They they got wind of it. And then eventually, these concepts, tools, and paradigms that we were using in our work with singles got developed into the book. So the book is, is full of these tools and strategies that are well tested and proven.
1: Well, tell us a little bit about some of the ideas in the book. For example, why do you say that dating doesn't work?
0: Well, dating as we practice it in
1: our culture today
0: absolutely doesn't work. And when you think about what is the outcome of, of our dating nowadays, typically we you know date and we find somebody that's attractive to us and then... You know, eventually we get together and have sex, and then the next step oftentimes is that we move in together. We live together. And what's on our mind is, is this the right relationship for me? Should I make a commitment here? And I think that's a very conscious way to go. Uh, I don't have a problem with it, but when you're cohabitating, you are acting like a committed couple, but you're not really committed. And the cohabitation rate has skyrocketed. It has increased by over a 1,000% in the past 20 years. And so this is a, a huge trend, and people think that they're going to minimize risk. They're playing it safer by living together rather than just getting married. But the reality is that the habitation uh, has a much higher failure rate than marriage, much, much higher, because it's not a committed relationship. And commitment is really what makes, you know, a, a relationship work in the long run. So they're acting committed, but they're not really committed. So dating as we practice it in our culture doesn't work because how we're choosing partners and what we do when we hook up and become a couple you know, is contrary to what the research shows us works. It just doesn't work.
1: And what does work?
0: Well, what does work, and of course that's what the book is all about, is to be conscious about who you are and what you want. Who you are includes your, your values, your goals, your lifestyle, your you know, requirements, needs and wants, your vision and your purpose, and then, you know, what you want. You know, find a partner that's, you know, aligned with that. A lot of times what happens is singles have a fear that they're going to be alone for the rest of their life. Right. And so there's a tendency to settle. There's a scarcity mindset. Right. And so they tend to settle for less than what they really want. But if you expect less, you'll get less. So what I advocate is that you be clear about where you are in your life and what you want for yourself. Now, realize there's more than one kind of dating relationship. Did, did you know that, Rich? Do you know there's different forms of dating relationships?
1: I'm sure I'm going to hear about it <laughs> yeah. right now.
0: Yeah, you know, there, there's more than just one, and there's at least three. And, and here they are. The first kind is recreational dating. And this is, you just want to have fun? You're not looking for a... Nothing wrong life. with that. Yeah, you know, there's times in your life that that's very, very appropriate. Exactly. When you're When you're in high school, that's appropriate. <laughs> if you're going through a divorce, that's appropriate. If you're in school and working full-time and not really available for, you know, a committed relationship, you know, that's appropriate. So there's times in your life where you just want to have fun. So you need to have a few boundaries around that. You need to be clear. You're not looking for a serious committed relationship. You just want to have fun. So that's recreational dating. It's just for fun. And while you're doing You know, handling the other things that you need to handle in your life. And then the other kind of dating is committed dating. And this is where you want to find your life partner. You're done with fun. You know, you're looking for something more meaningful. And that's a very, very specific journey. And you need to be available for it. You can't be involved with somebody that's not right for you. But what a lot of singles do is they don't want to be alone, right? So they hook up with somebody who is, you know, I've heard singles say this, BTN, better than nothing. Yes. But meanwhile, they're not really available for, you know, their soulmate if they're involved with somebody that's better than nothing. So if you're looking for your life partner, you need to stay available. You need to stay single and practice what I call my four steps for conscious dating. And that is scouting, sorting, screening, and testing. Scouting is the process of finding somebody to meet. You know, we use personal ads for that and we go to singles events like the ones that you host. And we're looking for people to meet. And then sorting is the process of quickly determining if somebody we meet has enough potential for us to get to know. So if we're going to a singles event and we have a short conversation with somebody, we want to learn that pretty quickly. You know, speed dating is a structured form of sorting. You can also look at online profiles and read their profiles, and that's a form of sorting. And then screening is the process of collecting information about this person. So you might exchange emails and talk on the phone and get together for coffee and tell each other your life stories. So you're just collecting information. It's just information. It's not real yet. You're just learning more about this person and you especially want to collect information about what I call your requirements, your non-negotiables that you must have for the relationship to work for you. If any one is missing, it won't work. So screening is a process of just collecting information. And you don't even have to date them, (laughs) you know. You talk on the phone or you just get together for coffee. It's not a date. And then testing is a process of testing the information you get, you know, testing the reality against, you know, what they say about themselves. And there's many ways to do that. And it does involve, you know, dating a few times to get an experience of, of who this person is and how they show up. So if you're looking for your life partner, you want to do that process over and over and over again. You don't want to focus on any one person, You want to play the field. You want to, you know, meet as many people as you can. You're looking to scout, sort, screen, and test until you find somebody that is lined up with what you're looking for. And if all, you know, lights are green, then you proceed to become a couple. But you're not yet a committed couple. You're in a pre-committed relationship. I call this pre-committed because what's on your mind is, is this the right relationship for me? Should I make a commitment here? It's a very conscious question to ask yourself. So you are a couple, and you are exclusive, but you're not yet committed. And, you know, if you want to go ahead and live together, go ahead. But realize that the cohabitation rate, the failure rate of cohabitation is much, much higher. So you really don't have to. So backing up, there's three forms of dating relationships. The recreational dating, committed dating, in which you want to stay available, and you want to scout, sort, screen, and test. And then the third form is what I call the mini-marriage. The mini-marriage is this unconscious version where you just kind of hook up because you don't want to be alone. You, you know, you become an instant couple. And this is generally what happens most of the time, which is why I say why dating doesn't work. You know, we date, we find somebody we want to hang out with, and then boom, we become an instant couple. And conscious dating involves... Scouting, sorting, screening and testing, being very, very clear about who you are and what you want and staying available and seeking to find it, you know, not settling.
1: Now, in the book, you say being single is an opportunity, not a disease. What do you mean by that?
0: You know, most singles are uncomfortable being single. They don't want to be single. Right. And so they want to get hooked up in a relationship as soon as possible. And as long as you're single, you might as well enjoy it and live the life that you really want, because there's a lot of attraction operating here. If you're happy as you are, and you're living the life that you want, you're going to attract a life partner that is lined up with who you are and, and the way you want to live. If you are unhappy with your life or who you are, and you're dating, you are going to meet people that reflect that unhappiness. You will hook up in a relationship that's going to magnify your unhappiness. It's not going to take the unhappiness away. Right. So being single is truly an opportunity to live the life you want while you're single. You know know the movie Field of Dreams? Yes. There's a quote from that movie. If you build it, they will come. Right. And so I apply that to singles that, you know, build the life that you want. You know, live your life fully while you're single. Be happy while you're single. And the people and opportunities that you want in your life will
1: come. And, and how, do people, how do people become happy being single? Because I think you hit the nail on the head when you pointed out that there are millions of miserable singles, and so they look at marriage as an escape from a miser- miserable single lifestyle. How do people do the reverse, which is what you're advocating? How do they become happily single?
0: That's a great question. And, you know, what you mentioned about, you know, all the miserable singles, and they're looking to a relationship as a way out. I call that the rescue trap. Right. You know, I have 14 dating traps in my book.
1: Yes. And the rescue
0: trap is one of them where they believe, unconsciously anyway, that when they get into a relationship, you know, their life will be better and, and they'll be rescued from their, their problems and unhappiness. And it's absolutely not true. The law of attraction will make sure of that. Yes. But anyway, so the question is how to be happy. And first of all, you have a vision for your life, whether you know it or not you have an idea of the kind of life you really want. And maybe it's a small idea. It's a tip of the iceberg kind of idea. But the more clear you get about what your vision for your life is, the more excited you become about it. And then the choices and opportunities become very, very clear about how to make that happen. So if you focus on your vision and your purpose and you're living it while you're single, you will be happy and fulfilled. If you are unhappy and not fulfilled, if you feel like your life is kind of empty right now, it's because you're not living your purpose and you're not living your vision either. So your vision and your purpose is kind of like your foundation, not just for a, a great life, but also for a great relationship.
1: Now, in your book, Conscious Dating, David, you point out that everyone should be the chooser. Why is that? Well,
0: you know, in 1997, when I first Started at looking into how can singles find their life partner and live happily ever after, I developed my ten principles for conscious dating and my dating traps and I put it into a cassette tape. And over and over again, people were coming back to me and saying the thing that really stood out for them in that cassette tape was the concept about being the chooser. And it seemed like out of out of everything in that tape, that's the thing they resonated most strongly about. And my guess is that. You know, when you're single, you feel kind of helpless. You feel like there's all those people out there, and you don't know where your life partner is, and you don't know how to find him, and you feel very alone, and you feel helpless about doing anything about it. And, you know, you try things, and it doesn't work. You try other things, and it doesn't work, and you get discouraged. You get frustrated. And so being the chooser is about being in charge of your life. It's about being proactive and taking initiative and going after what you want, rather than passively waiting for what and who chooses you and not being not allowing yourself to be discouraged and, and frustrated and be held back just because it doesn't work. Because part of being the chooser is being willing to take a risk. And not being so attached to the outcome. It's like have goals but don't be attached to the outcome. Our goal is to find our life partner. Our goal is to live happily ever after and how that happens, who knows. But we can do our best and show up in the moment and go after our goals in life. We can't be too attached to the specific outcomes and happening a specific way. So I get a little scared when some, when a single tells me, yeah, I want to find my life partner by the time I'm 30 and have kids by the time I'm 35. <laughs> well, you know, there's an example of attachment right there. Yes. And life doesn't work that way. Life will almost guarantee that you're going to be dis- disappointed.
1: Right. Well, what about the biological clock? There are so many single women out there that want to become mothers and they postpone getting married because they were in school and later on pursuing their career. And now they're getting into their late 30s, sometimes their early 40s. They've never had that child and they're really eager. They, they feel that clock ticking. What do you advise these women?
0: Well, first of all, when you are attached to a certain outcome and you feel that the biological clock ticking, and what's going to come out is desperation, and the men that you are in contact with will smell it and feel it and run away from you yes so what's the so the real question is you know what do we do about our desperation? What do we yes. do about you know we don't want to be alone, we don't want to be single, we want to find our life partner now you know, what do we do about that? And my best answer to that is to fall back on what your vision and purpose is, and to go ahead and live it while you're single, and go ahead and pursue your goals. Vigorously pursue your goals, but don't be too attached to the outcome. Allow, you know, life to happen for you. Be, seek to be happy and fulfilled while you're single, knowing that you will attract your, your life partner, you will find them. There's sort of a yin-yang going on here. That you have to be proactive, for sure. But there's also a law of attraction happening. So there's the yin-yang. You can't push too much and you can't pull too much. It's both. You can't be passive and wait at home for your life partner to magically be attracted to you. But don't expect that, you know, you're going to be able to just go out there and knock them over the head and drag them home
1: either. You know, it's both. Well, let's talk about how you meet a stranger. You see somebody attractive walking down the street, somebody really hot. How do you meet them without getting arrested? (laughs) I I call this my rule of three for conscious
0: dating. And what the rule of three means is you, you need at least three contacts with somebody to establish mutual interest and mutual comfort. So if you spot somebody attractive to you, You want to make an initial contact, and you want this initial contact to be very benign, very friendly. You know, hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. My name's David. What's yours? Nice weather we're having today. The total purpose of the first contact is just to establish a a connection and have a good first impression. And then you want to create a second contact. Now, this can be a half an hour later. It can be the next day. Uh, it can be after you walk around the block and you see that they're still sitting there at Starbucks. You say, oh, hi, there's you again, you know. So here's your second contact. And you talk a little further. You self-disclose a little further, more about you. And when you self is disclosed, you're going to get a reaction from them. And what is their reaction? Is it positive, negative, and neutral? If I tell you, Rich, I have twin boys. They're seven years old. You know, what's going to be your reaction? I've had I've had different reactions from people like, oh, twin boys, oh, you're so lucky, and I've also had people say, oh, twin boys, oh, God, do you ever get time to yourself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, very, very different reactions, so as you self-disclose, you will get reactions from people, and that gives you permission then to ask about them, so after I've shared that, hey, I have twin boys, they're both seven years old, I can ask you, hey, well, do you have kids, you know, you like kids, you want kids, you know, So the second interaction, you know, you're, you're getting to know each other a little more, you're a little bit more familiar, but still the comfort level isn't there. So you want to leave that, that second interaction with another positive impression. And then you come back the third time. And the third time you're going to talk a little further and you're going to gauge, you know, okay, is, do we have a green light, yellow light, or red light here? And if it seems like a green light, there's mutual interest and mutual comfort, then you can suggest or plan, you know, how to take it from there. Maybe you give them your card and you say, you know what, I'd I'd love to get together with you for coffee sometime. Here's my card. Feel free to, you know, call or email me. You know, if you feel that they wouldn't be comfortable just making the decision on the spot. You know, or go ahead and ask them hey, I really enjoy talking with you. Would you like to, you know, go have some lunch? So the rule of three means, you know, be patient, take your time, establish, you know, a couple of of friendly connections first, you know, and then decide if it's a green light, yellow light, or red light.
1: In your book, Conscious Dating, David, you talk about the 14 dating traps. Let's talk about a few of these. Uh, Trap number one is the marketing trap. Can you tell us about that one?
0: Oh, that's classic, you know, where a single thinks that, you know, who they are is not okay as it is, that nobody would want them as they are. They need to dress themselves up. They need to be even more presentable. They need to present a new and improved version in order to be acceptable. And it's, it's, it's absolutely inauthentic. You know, you need to show up fully as you are. Now, you can dress your best. And you can be your best, but don't present yourself as somebody you're not. Then you're falling, yes. in, falling into the marketing trap. Okay.
1: And,
0: and we, are, we, we mentioned the rescue trap, that's expecting a relationship to rescue you from your problems. Yes. How about this one, the fairytale trap? Yes. That's where you expect that your, your prince will, you know, come and sweep you off your feet and you'll live happily ever after. So you tend to be rather passive, you know, expecting that, you know, somebody's going to come into your life and, and, and be your prince charming. And then there's traps like, oh, the sex trap, that's a good one, where, you know, you have sex with somebody and the sex is great and you have this strong physical connection and you think a relationship will work out. And the love trap is quite similar where you have feelings of love and you think, you know, this, is a, this relationship is meant to be because you feel love. And, you know, a lot of, we have a lot of feelings as human beings that we, that we end up calling love and attachment is one of them and lust is another one so you know
1: so Well, well that's the the, the $64,000 question of course is what is the difference between love and lust
0: oh that's pretty easy you know uh, lust is self-centered lust is what i want for myself you know i'm i i'm i'm horny and i want sex and i want you know you to be there for me and i want you to do for me and it's all about me 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 and love is, is a feeling about and towards another person. It's not about sex at all. It's about wanting them to be happy. It's about wanting to connect with them emotionally. So there's a, a, there's a world of difference.
1: And you talk about the packaging trap, which you say is the opposite of the marketing trap. Uh, what do you do in the packaging trap?
0: Well, the packaging trap is where you focus on the packaging of somebody else. So women sometimes will focus on, you know, a guy's body or, you know, the kind of car a guy drives or the kind of job he has. You know, those are external characteristics, that's the packaging. And sometimes men will focus on the way a woman looks, you know, her body or her hair or, you know, her makeup, you know, all the external characteristics. And, you know, it's the opposite of the marketing trap because the marketing trap is where you're trying to present yourself with attractive packaging The packaging trap is where you're focusing on the packaging of others.
1: And how is it a trap?
0: Well, you know, when we first meet somebody or we don't really know them, it's kind of natural to focus on the external characteristics because we don't know them on the inside yet. But it's tempting to focus on the outside stuff and forget about the inside stuff. We want to have great sex and we want to drive, you know, nice cars and we want to live in, in nice houses You know, we want to have all the stuff look good on the outside, but that doesn't necessarily create happiness on the inside. It's a trap because people focus on the outside and they forget that that is not what's going to make them happy on the inside.
1: How about the scarcity trap?
0: Oh, that's where singles fear that they're going to be alone for the rest of their life, so they have to, you know, settle. They have to take what they can get or be alone.
1: And there's a limited supply of possible partners. Yeah, you know, it drives me crazy when
0: I hear... You know, uh, numbers like there's more single men than single women in Silicon Valley or vice versa. And it also drives me crazy when like Forge magazine every year, they come out with their top 10 and top worst cities for singles. Right. You know, as if that has anything to do with the possibility of finding a life partner. But it makes
1: single singles scared. Well, the phrase I always hear from the women, of course, is they always tell me, how come there are seven single women for every single man? It's such a crazy statistic because if you look at the, the real statistics from the U.S. Census Bureau, you find out that there are 84 million single people in the United States. Of them, 43 million are women and 41... Million or single men, so there's actually a surplus of two million single women in the United States. And people worry about these statistics. And I say, Well, how many do you need? And they always say, Well, I guess I just need one. Well, then <laughs> why worry about how many millions of men there are, or how many millions of women there are? Just worry about finding the one who's best for you.
0: Right. And, you know, the idea that, that dating is a numbers game is absolute nonsense because it's about quality, not quantity, because of the law of attraction. And people, you know, when I was a therapist, before I got into all this coaching stuff, you know, the law of attraction just sounded kind of woo-woo to me. But, you know, now that I've been a coach for a while, I see it's, it's a reality. It's, it's a, a principle of the universe, kind of like gravity. You know, gravity says what goes up must come down. You know, you can't get away from it. The law of attraction says that what's inside shows up on the outside. Energy follows attention. Whatever you put your attention on, you will draw to you. It's absolutely true. So if you're coming from desperation and fear and, and scarcity, then, you know, th- what's gonna happen, the law of attraction is going to mirror that back to you. And if you're coming from, you're a happy, successful single, living the life that you really want, the law of attraction is gonna help you find your life partner.
1: We're running out of time here, David, so let's tell the folks a little bit about some of your websites. Uh, for example, you've got ConsciousRelationshipPodcast.com. Since this is the Singles Podcasting Network, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Well, what we do is we have a monthly seminar on the telephone every month, and you can find that at
0: ConsciousRelationshipSeminars.com. My goal is to have the top people in the field of relationships present a seminar every month. And I record that, and I rebroadcast it as a podcast. So if you go to ConsciousRelationshipPodcast.com, you will see the previous uh, seminars that we've done and the upcoming seminars. And it's on iTunes, so you can just subscribe to the podcast and every month when we have a new one, you'll automatically get it when you log in.
1: And also you have a website named after the book, of course, ConsciousDating.com. And what will they find on that?
0: They will find audio programs and the 10 Principles of Conscious Dating and a lot of information about the book. There's also another website, ConsciousDating.org, which is our online community for singles. We have a lot of information and resources for singles, you know, that's free at ConsciousDating.org.
1: Wonderful. I'd like to thank you, David, for being my guest, David Steele, the author of Conscious Dating, Finding the Love of Your Life in Today's World. Single Living is a production of the Singles Podcasting Network in San Rafael, California. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, this is your host, Rich Goss.